Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Keys to Financial Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Marika Steimack. I'm an author, life coach, and app creator. We're going to dig deeper into the 40 simple concepts I've come up with in my book, Keys to Financial Confidence, Unlock Your Best Life. Here, you are going to finally figure out what living your best life means for you and how to set up your financial situation to get there. You are here for a reason, you want change, and you want to learn how. Let's dig in. Today, we are starting at the very beginning with the first key in my book, Keys to Financial Confidence, Unlock Your Best Life. I'm going to tell you right now, all the experts you are going to hear from on this podcast agree that this is the first step in taking control of your finances. Look, I know it's not always easy, but tracking your expenses will give you that awareness and perhaps the breakthroughs that you need to finally become financially confident. I was pretty blown away when talking to our expert on the topic, Mandy Thomas from Intentionally Wealthy Coaching. She has worked with countless clients and you're going to hear something completely unexpected about what happens when you start attempting to track your expenses. Okay. Let's dig in. Hi, Mandy. Thank you so much for being on the show. And it's so awesome to finally chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. And today we're going to talk about chapter one in my book, Time to Get Tracking. I am so excited. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself so the audience knows who you are, what you do. Yes. So I'm Mandy Thomas and I run my financial coaching business, which is Intentionally Wealthy Coaching. And it all basically happened by accident. I didn't think that I was going to grow up and do what I do, but basically we grew up, we had a lot of scarcity, there wasn't a lot of money. And so I managed money really, really well, but I had a ton of money anxiety looking back now. And then in my mid-20s, I got super incredibly sick and I was going to all these doctors, we couldn't figure things out, and I just had everything under the sun for health symptoms. And then I finally started to realize that it wasn't this external thing that was happening to me. It was all of this unprocessed scarcity from growing up that even though I had a good job, I didn't have any debt, I had over six figures in the bank, but it was just the constant fear of losing it because I came out into a recession and then the industry that I was working in kind of had their own recession going on. So it was just the constant fear of running out of money, losing our house, not being able to eat, even though like none of that was actually happening. It was just the fear of it. And then through my own journey of like regaining my health back by going through and really processing all this and working on like all of that internal money programming that was just, that was there. I was so sick in my mid twenties. I didn't think I would make 30. I was like, we're not able to figure this out. I'm so sick. I thought it was early onset Alzheimer's. I had a 40 minute drive from our house to where I rented at because I worked shift work. So I had to rent in that city. And in that 40 minutes, I was stopping three times to sleep because I was so exhausted. I was pretty sure I was going to fall asleep at the wheel. That's how bad it got. I didn't want anyone to know what I was going through because it also like this was going on for years of trying to figure this out. And so through that journey, me realizing and taking a step back and going, oh my God, this was my perceived financial situation was that, you know, everything was falling apart, but behind the scenes, complete opposite. So what was it like for people who didn't know how to manage their money like I did? And that's when I realized like, okay, so there's accountants and there's financial advisors to help you once you think you have money or for your taxes. There's nobody in the meantime to help you with 
how do you actually manage your money? But then also holding safe spaces to talk about the emotional side, the psychology side, which was like really the biggest piece for me. And then that's when I went, you know what? I went through all of these struggles for a very particular reason because I'm going to talk about money very differently. Mm -hmm. And then that's basically what led us here. Wow, that's huge. It's a blessing because it was a tumultuous time, but it sounds like it gave you your purpose. It really did. I wouldn't have been here if I hadn't have been through all that. Like when I was going through it, I was praying every day that things would change. And like, I was just holding on by a thread. Now, of course, when you're on the other side, that's a gift because I see money very differently. It's not just tangibles and systems. Money is one of the most emotional things in our life. It's very emotionally charged. And so being able to hold safe spaces for people to talk about that they're smart and they're skilled, but why they haven't been able to get things together and really just allowing to have some of that compassion while people go through this journey. I know tracking is just one little thing, but I classify it as the very first key that you need to do to master this money game. What do you think about tracking your expenses? I really feel like it's that most foundational, as you said, the number one step, because this is what I, after working as a financial coach for six years and coaching hundreds of clients, you need to know where are you starting? You need to know where has your money been going? Where is it going right now? Because the first thing that I see is like, we don't need to start talking about the mindset first, because at first, I don't see that initially really changes things. You really need to start plugging those money leaks because then when people can start to see that, for starters, they feel proud of themselves that they actually tangibly did something and they see that they're saving this money now. The other thing is you really need to note that context because I'm not the type of person who thinks you should spend 50% in this area and 30% here and 20% here. I think money is so personalized. So you need to already know where it's going you're going to drive somewhere and you punch it into your GPS, it can't tell you how to get there unless you know what town or city are you starting from, which is the same thing about knowing where your money's going. And it's also leads to that second step of like, now that you can have that awareness. But what I hear from clients all the time is they know how much they're getting paid for people who have, you know, a pretty set salary. They know how much they're getting paid. They know what their fixed expenses are. But then the difference between those two is like the black hole of where is that money going? It just feels like it's disappearing. So that's step number one is getting that financial clarity of it is by tracking and seeing where it's going, which means sitting down, looking at your bank account, your credit card. And then from there, we can create a plan going forward. The other thing is I've had clients where, you know, they thought that they're spending like $300 or $500 in one area. And then it's completely different. I've had clients that were spending over double on eating out by tracking it was that first step of that kind of like come to Jesus moment of like, oh my God, like literally our money is just going down the drain from Uber Eats and skip the dishes. So then they can be like, well, that's the first thing we need to tackle is like being more intentional with that. But you really need to know like, where is it going? Because for every single person, it's different. Tracking is absolutely step number one to really actually have a financial change. So why do you think people don't track? There's so many people that are like, sure, I'll get around to tracking and they track three days. And then they just stop. What have you seen that has shown you why people stop tracking? So I really see there's three big things here. Number one is just a lack of organization. They don't have a system in place. So that's number one. The second one is not making time for it on a consistent basis. So also mm -hmm. just consider how much time like you spend scrolling a day where it can take way less time than that. But most people struggle with time management. So that's number two. And then number three, I think is like the biggest one that is the most to dive into, which is money avoidance. So I like clients to see, to like really understand like, what is your most common behavior with money? Mm -hmm. 
So when you avoid money because it's uncomfortable, you're not going to be seeing those numbers. A lot of people will first initially say to me, I need to know where it's going and I need to have money clarity. And then when they get it, then it all kind of produces at first. And I'm really honest about it. A little bit of that anxiety of like, well, now they know where it's going and it's not like someone else is making this money disappear. It is them doing it. And it's kind of like that Taylor Swift song, like, it's me. I'm the problem. It's yeah. me. So then they don't like seeing that because it's uncomfortable. And then they in turn avoid that. So that's what I really feel is the biggest piece is helping people to understand if you have money avoidant behaviors, that is okay. But understanding, so that's where the next step of doing the tangibles and setting up a system and knowing what to do with it. I don't think you need to know that yet because it doesn't matter. You can have that information, but you're not implementing any of it. So that's where just understanding if you tend to be more avoidant with your money, the thing that you need to think about is allowing yourself to feel uncomfortable in the beginning and probably for a while and knowing that's not a wrong thing. You're doing it right, even if it feels uncomfortable. So allowing yourself to know you're probably going to feel triggered. It's probably going to feel emotional, especially when you look at it closely. And that's okay. So what I would love to tell you is like, choose your hard. Right now, it probably feels hard. Money feels tight. But you're familiar with that. So there's a comfort and familiarity. So just know it's also going to feel hard to look at the numbers to see where it's been going and to see kind of where is your starting point. But you looking at it and doing it now is making it so you can have a way easier life in the future. But if you keep avoiding it now, it's going to keep just feeling the same way, which is uncomfortable and kind of probably survival mode. So that's the one thing I really like people to know is it's going to feel uncomfortable. And we're being honest about it. And that's okay. One of the things I introduced to them is tapping. So then they can voice out all of the things that are going through their head, like their thoughts, their worries, their fears. This is uncomfortable. I don't want to look at it. I feel, you know, ashamed of the numbers. Like whatever you're feeling, voice it out and tap on it. So that's something if you're like, I have no idea what she's talking about. You can look it up on YouTube, Brad Yates. He's really fantastic. But basically what tapping does is it just calms your nervous system. If your mm -hmm. nervous system is feeling in fight or flight all the time, your money will feel like survival mode every single day. It'll be hard to pay off the debt. It'll be hard to build your savings. It'll be hard to build your wealth. So really like the more that your nervous system can feel calm and it's not going to feel calm all the time, which is why tapping is great when you're feeling charged. So before a client starts to dive into their money, open a spreadsheet, look at their bank accounts. If they tend to have more avoidant behaviors, I'll tell them to tap on it. What are you scared about? What are you afraid about? And that can be really healing to feel heard and understood. And then after that, your nervous system's calmer, then say like, I just want to be proud that I got in my spreadsheet, that I looked at my money and really just breaking that down step by step and just saying like, I just want to feel safe. And the other thing is it's safe to see the numbers. It's safe to look at it. That's something I also love clients saying. So just really understanding that one of the biggest things that's preventing you from really tracking or doing this on a consistent basis is money avoidance because it feels uncomfortable and you tell yourself it's painful. But it's also painful what's happening right now, which is for most people almost like chronic low level anxiety, but they're so familiar with that, that it's easy to keep going. And just remember that your brain always wants to keep you in that survival mode versus thriving. So it, it's just going to be a new uncomfortable thing. You're uncomfortable right now. So just understand me that no matter everything you do in your life to change, it is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And just having something to help you through that discomfort until that becomes your new norm, until 
it doesn't feel as scary anymore. That's the biggest thing I think truly at the end of the day affecting consistency. I really consider money a lot like our health. There's a lot of stuff we know to do with our health, Mm -hmm. but we're not doing it. So let's get to like, why aren't we doing it? Same thing with our money, really. So that's the biggest thing I've noticed is I talk very differently about money than I did six years ago. I would really just dive into the tangibles and what to do. And it's like, but then I would see a lot of really smart people not doing it and then understanding, oh, that money avoidance and why they're feeling that way. So that's why I think it's so important to really highlight that. Yeah, that's amazing. Dive into thinking, why am I avoiding this? You're just surviving. You're so used to surviving. So what is something that can help someone stay consistent? They've gone through their vulnerable point. They see why they're avoiding seeing their numbers. What's a tool that they could use to keep tracking daily? So I really think tracking is great like as your starting point. And then I also want you to start shifting your mindset of like, okay, so you've been tracking, but now let's actually plan it going forward. So most people, when they think about like planning their money, they think about like writing down their fixed expenses and like, yes, that's important, but making sure you're tying in something I talk a lot about is like your savings bucket expenses. So I have clients saving on a monthly basis and a lot of people call them sinking funds. I refer to them as savings bucket. So tying that in on a monthly basis as well. So however feels best to you if you're using a spreadsheet or something, I'm personally a huge spreadsheet fan because of just like the level of customization, but you can use something else. But really just making sure that when you're thinking about doing this on a daily basis going forward, you're not just thinking about your fixed expenses and your day-to-day expenses, groceries and eating out fuel, but what's coming up in the pipeline? Do you have a hair appointment coming up? Do you have a massage appointment coming up? Your property taxes, are they coming up? Are you traveling somewhere? And start setting aside a little bit of money for those right now for what's coming up in the pipeline. So that's really where I think, so you've tracked it. And then now just think about like, I consider that proactive money management. That's really what you're going to want to be consistent with because every single person, every single month, their money is not the same. It is going to change from month to month. So really seeing what's coming up in the pipeline and setting it aside right now. Mm -hmm. So then in the future, especially once you start doing this, like in four to six months from now, your expenses are really going to start to even out. I've had months where I had a horse in training. I also had tires that I had to get at the same time. And I had like four or five other things. But my monthly expenses actually didn't increase that month because I had those savings buckets already and I just pulled from that. So that consistency now of not just looking at your fixed expenses, I really consider that the bare minimum, making sure those are paid, going that next level of making sure you're prepared for what's coming up in the pipeline and how your expenses are going to change. For example, where I live and where most people are, in summertime, fuel's way higher. So I just already have that every single year. Once like April to September hits, that item is listed higher for me. Mm -hmm. So that's really where I think of like, you're going to start tracking and then kind of see it as like that proactive money management, really. And the biggest thing, honestly, I think for this is you need to be really organized in your life. The more that you feel like it's a hot mess express, the more that your money is going to feel that way. Because if you don't have it in a day planner or in a Google calendar, so that's really big is what I'll tell my clients to do is like, look at your Google calendar, look at your day planner. What do you have as appointments coming up? Usually signifies a financial transaction. So the more organized you can be, the more that will also translate to your money. So be organized with your appointments. Look at that when you're also thinking about your money. Don't just try and sit there and look at a blank screen or blank piece of paper. Pull up your calendar. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing that can help remind you what's coming up in the pipeline. 
What's your advice on how long should someone track to really get full awareness of what is going on with their expenses? I'm the type of person where I really feel like because our lives are constantly changing, it's something that you're going to be looking at at a very consistent basis at least a couple times a week is what I would recommend. The other thing is it really depends on your starting point. So for example, if you have a lot of credit card debt or you're in overdraft, you are going to need to be looking at it a lot more because you don't have as much of that buffer. So you do need to be more on top of it. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference of if you're debt-free, you've got money in savings buckets. I can be a lot more loose with it and I've got a lot of things automated. So that's taken care of. So just understanding like if it, where you are beginning, you're going to have to do it more. But know that the more that you're being consistent with this, and I don't mean you needing to sit down and do this for an hour a day, every single day. Like the biggest thing that you can do for consistency is really small amount, like five minutes at a time, maybe 15 minutes. Keep it short so it feels doable each time. Mm -hmm. And you really want to see this as like a lifestyle. Everything for me is automated now. It's all automated to my saving buckets, to my fixed expenses, anything that I have as a credit card bill, money to my investment. But there's still one-offs and I still do need to put those in there. So just remembering like this is a lifestyle and it is the best self-care that you can do. So not really seeing it as like kind of a any time that you're going to be ending, but it's just going to transform from here and it'll get quicker, but you have to put that upfront time in. Invest the time in the beginning. Yes. I like to tell people track in the moment. So the moment you spend something, put it in your app or however it is that you're tracking. Some people just like to write things down in a little notebook, I notice, once in a while. And they just do it 30 days and they're like, okay, now I really know if I'm following my budget. Now I can create a budget. Or they'll go in at the end of the month and they'll have a look at all of their expenses. I recommend doing it daily when you're starting out and then you'll have your numbers at the end and have that awareness that everyone is striving for when doing this exercise, when tracking. Do you have some tools that you can recommend or some suggestions for someone who is just completely lost and doesn't even know where to start, how to start? I really think the biggest thing is like keep the barriers to entry really low. So whatever feels easier to you, if anything feels more difficult to do, then don't do it. If you like spreadsheets, then play around and do a spreadsheet. I would totally recommend if you really feel like you're not great with technology, Don't do that because then you're not going to get in there. So for some people, it might be mint.com. I did used to use that in the past. It served its purpose for certain things. I didn't feel like it was like a holistic perspective over the long run. But maybe if you can just tell that you've got like way more miscellaneous spending than you thought you did, or you're spending way more in groceries or eating out, it's still serving a purpose there. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things you can do. I really like it when you can really kind of categorize it yourself, at least in the beginning. So you really have that awareness. Because I really think if someone even just does something for 30 days, it's only just a snapshot. Because the other thing I've really noticed is with coaching clients for six years, and even in my own money, because where I live, we have very definite seasons. People's spending is so different. So if you track this, for example, in February, it could look so different than July. Most of my clients, when it comes to like April to September, their spending is way, way higher because it's like summertime. It's not kind of depressing winter. There's way more stuff going on. So just keep in mind that context too. If you only do it for a short period of time, you're really just going to get that snapshot. So I really loved about you saying daily, if you're doing this daily, it is such a small amount of time truly. 
But if you wait and you only do this once a month, A, you're really trying to play catch up and you're really taking like that kind of bookkeeping standpoint of like, it's very reactive. So I like what you're doing because when you're talking about daily, people are really seeing that like the real time of what the numbers are actually adding up to be. Because I think about it, I'm a huge fan when I talk about using credit cards and I'm a big fan of using credit cards. I use it for everything, but I also have very specific habits. So I pay my credit card off after like basically every charge. And then I tell people like I've timed it. I can do that in under two minutes. Log in, see how much, you know, I had just spent and I can pay it. So there's no excuse for time. You can't use that one. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is if you only pay your card once a month and especially once the statement comes, there are so many people that's putting you in a really vulnerable standpoint because now like four weeks, you're not going to remember what that was. It might be thousands more than what you thought. And now you're trying to come up with that money. It's also hugely taxing on your nervous system. And when your nervous system feels triggered, again, your behaviors spin off from that. So if you can do something that you're really seeing the numbers more in real time, mm -hmm. then you can actually make tweaks because you can't change anything that's happened in the past month. If you're seeing like, oh my gosh, like I way overspent in these areas versus let's say after a week, you're like, oh my gosh, I've spent how much in a week? I'm going to have to tighten it up for probably the next three weeks or the next pay period. Like you can actually in real time adjust your behaviors, which is what we need to be doing. Oh, I love that. Being able to then sit back and adjust your behavior. What are you going to tell somebody if they're just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to track my expenses. I just want to make sure that everything is covered. All my bills are paid. But is there something else that I can do? Yeah. So that's where I would really challenge someone on their mindset. Because what it sounds like is you want to get really good results, but you don't really want to put in the work for it. So that's honestly, I would call it out a little bit there and kind of work through just like a little bit of a fixed mindset. And the other thing is just knowing like small habits add up. So there might be certain things. So this is where, and it really depends. You might be in a position where you can automate some more stuff. So it feels like you don't have to maybe track as closely. But the one thing that I just say about careful there is I see a lot of people online that are like, you only have to spend five minutes a month managing money and automate everything. What I've realized is that's a privilege being able to even get to that standpoint because someone has to know that they're not going to maybe accidentally overdraft their account. Like it takes quite a bit of work to get to that point where you can not look at it as closely and not be worried about where you're at financially if you overspend a little bit. So just also remind yourself, like it really depends on where you're at. If things are way tighter, is going to take you being more close on top of the numbers and your behaviors versus if you've got a really good, healthy buffer amount and you don't have any credit card debt. So just honestly, that's what I would say is just kind of calling you out a little bit on the behaviors and just right. saying like, well, what doesn't maybe feel good, but what can you do in like a smaller way that would feel good? And if you can go ahead and start automating some stuff right away, awesome. Or the other thing is maybe you kind of need some more harder boundaries. And what I mean by that is when you get paid, maybe you want to have a second checking account and a second debit card and your day-to-day -day spending comes out of that. And so it's more of a, okay, I kind of have to stop at this, but you don't have to track it necessarily. So it makes it so you're more aware when it comes to like groceries and eating out and that sort of thing. So instead, maybe if you want it to seem like it's a little bit easier, maybe you're not going to be using your credit card then. You're going to be using something that that money is coming out in real time. So that's something that you can make a change there. That makes so much sense. Mandy, thank you so much. Is there anything that you'd like to touch on when it comes to tracking your expenses? Just know that it can feel scary doing this at first. You can be like, oh my gosh, this is more than what I thought. 
But use that awareness to then go, okay, so now that I'm seeing this, what positive things can I do? And really cheering yourself on for the littlest of things. Because a lot of times people, like money, there's so much there. Honestly, a lot of us grew up with a lot of negativity around it. So you don't really want to be that involved with it. And really just celebrating yourself for canceling that first subscription. It is so interesting. When I work with people, the one thing I've seen over time is when something is really small, it can take them forever to cancel it because it's a small money leap. So I'll tell clients, like, especially when they're like procrastinating canceling things, I'm like, the second that you cancel that, I want you sending me a Voxer message and let's celebrate that you actually did it and you're saving that money every single month going forward. For you to keep up that momentum, it's feeling good about your progress. So celebrating it. I have some people that have never worked with me, but because I share so much on Instagram, they've sent me a message to celebrate their money wins. And it's literally something that kept them going on their journey. And I love being that person, even if they never work with me someday. So figure out a way to really celebrate those money wins. Feel good, even if it feels so small what it is you're doing, because that will help you on the momentum side. And then also just remember, there's really, there's two pieces when it comes to managing money. There's, yes, having a system in place, whatever that looks like for you, the tangibles, you know, the logic, where the money is going, how you're allocating it, that sort of thing. And then there's also that nervous system connection, because that's where people can say like, oh, I have these goals. Why did I overspend in this area? Having that understanding of the more regulated your nervous system is, the more that you can control your emotion. And when I say control them, I don't mean you needing to be numb all the time. That doesn't mean you're not going to feel all of the feels. But having something that allows you to process your feelings. So tapping is something I like. Going on a walk. Let's say you're really frustrated. There's something going on in your life and you're feeling frustrated or resentful or bitter about it. Maybe you're going to do some boxing. Maybe that will feel good. Whatever that may be, the more that you can have tools in your life to process your emotion, the more you will get ahead with your money. The faster you'll be able to pay down debt, build your savings, and also your wealth. And I'm really speaking to this from the standpoint of right now where a lot of people are really afraid of things going on in the economy and investing. And this translates 100% to that, that the more that you can really work through those emotions and understand. So for example, for me right now, I am investing as much as I can because I'm getting more of a discount when things are down. So I'm, I'm not thinking about pulling them out. I'm not pausing my investment. But that's something that because the world kind of feels more emotional right now, a lot of people will in turn, their behaviors will be affected, which can hugely affect their wealth. Mm-hmm. So really just understanding like the more that you can really support your emotions, feel them and process them, also the faster that you can, this whole money journey can come together for you. Who would have known that would all come from tracking your expenses? <laughs> Thank you so much, Mandy. Thanks for being on the show today. And please tell us where can people find you? Yes. So I'm most active on Instagram and I'm at intentionally wealthy co and it's just co as in coaching. And then I also have a podcast called intentionally wealthy. And I would love for the person listening, if you would send me or both of us a message and let us know, like, what was your favorite takeaway? Cause I always love hearing that to know like what really resonated with someone so I can put out more of that content. Oh, beautiful. Great. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Wow. Okay. That was awesome. And I have a little confession to make. I have been secretly stalking Mandy for years now because, (laughs) okay, stalking is not a good word, but I've been following Mandy for quite a few years now because I love what she is doing. And I was so excited to have her on the show. 
She completely blew me away with her confident views on financial management. And I hope that some of you came away from this episode really considering why you are avoiding tracking your expenses and how you can overcome it. Please be sure to send your takeaways to us. That was a great idea. So you can reach Mandy again at Intentionally Wealthy Co. or myself at The Financial Confidence Coach. And make sure to look at the show notes below to see everything that she can offer you. Also, if you feel stuck on how to track, I've created an app that may help you. It's completely free. I don't even ask for your email. Even if you just use it for a couple of days, it will just bring you that awareness that you feel that you might need and perhaps recognize what is holding you back. You could find the app on the App Store under Get Tracking Marika. I'm so grateful you decided to listen to this episode. Thank you, and I wish you all the best, not only in finances, but in all aspects of your life. Be sure to join us on the next episode where we will help you figure out what your financial priorities are. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more valuable insights and expert advice on mastering your finances. Thanks. Now go get tracking. <laughs>